Science, exercise, nutrition, health, energy, passion. One year, no beer. This is the One Year No Beer podcast, where you will find all the latest tips, tricks, and hacks for a way to live better. Hi, guys, this is Jen Fairbanks, and welcome to the One Year No Beer podcast. Today, I'm speaking to Athena Simpson. She is one of our One Year No Beer members, and today she is celebrating her 500th day alcohol-free. Last time I saw Athena, she was in the UK, and since then, she has given up her big city job in London, sold all of our belongings, and literally ran away with the circus. I'll let her tell you her story herself, but it's a very interesting one, so enjoy this, guys. Athena, welcome to the OMB podcast. So good to see you. So good to see you too. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. It's about time as well, but um, it is today because today is a bit of a special day. 500 days. Amazing. (laughs) And what a journey it's been. And I'm going to let you talk mostly about that. But um, first of all, just let us know whereabouts in the world are you right now? And current situation yeah i'm i'm currently in panama uh in central america i came here um in january to spend some time with my parents and the world locked down and literally they stopped flights so this this is my home for the foreseeable future now <laughs> really hanging out with the family <laughs> they yeah, can't get with the fam it's good <laughs> oh, how awesome well you know it's a, it's a decent place to be so hopefully once you get out of lockdown you get to get to explore a bit more yeah definitely um, but yeah and but you've been traveling loads lately you know you you you've had uh you know traveling the world and doing some awesome things. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about that. And, and you know, everything, your alcohol-free journey. I'm, I let it, I think if there's no way, no words that I can put it that sounds cooler than when it comes from you, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, it was interesting. I was I was reflecting because it's, it's 500 days uh, today since I started the challenge. Um, but I actually signed up for the challenge 507 days ago. And I was actually here in Panama. It was Christmas time. I was here visiting my parents and I'd gone out for my birthday, which is the 28th of December and had like a massive night and then spent all of the next day in bed. And then the next day after that, I was just like, what am I doing? You know, and back home in London where I was living, I just had this like massive anxiety and massive depression. And I just wasn't really like, living my life and I thought back while I was while I was here over that trip to the last time that I felt amazing and it was 10 years previously when I'd I'd stopped drinking for nine months and I just remembered feeling superhuman and I wanted that feeling back and I kind of didn't really know where to start and the one year no beer ads kept popping up and I was like you know what if I commit to this if I pay some money maybe I'll go back home and do it so I left uh, two days later. I went to New York for a couple of days, had another couple massive nights, one of which ended up like ripping the backs of my heels off from the shoes I was wearing. And, and I was too drunk to even realize, you know, and then so I went back to London with like no, no heels and just like, OK, I'm going to do this. So 500 days ago, I started and 
I, all I wanted was to feel superhuman. That's all I wanted. And the only thing I told myself I was going to do is stop drinking and everything else. I just gave myself permission to, to feel it, to let it happen. Cause I I'd done this before and I knew like putting too much pressure on myself to lose this much weight or do this much exercise or whatever would, would just end up meaning that I wouldn't do it. So I was like, okay, just don't drink. And I think the first 30 days I pretty much just slept. Um, <laughs> You know, I was just really tired. I slept. I was like, ugh, I don't know. And then um, one of the the prompts from the One Year No Beer Challenge was to get into a physical activity. And everybody was doing like Spartan races and, and running. And I was like, ugh, I hate running. That's not me. And I remembered a couple years earlier, I'd taken aerial silks, which is like the circus stuff with the fabric hanging from the ceilings and you climb it and do crazy tricks from it. But when I tried it a couple years earlier, I was turning up to the classes hungover. I was doing no physical activity outside of like my once a week class and I wasn't good at it. And so I just quit because I, I don't like being bad at things. And I was like, you know, I'm terrified to go back and be bad at it again. And I know I'm going to have to start from the beginning, but I signed up for the classes. uh, And my first class was 45 days into my challenge. And it's amazing when you don't turn up to something hungover, like how much more progress that you can make. And, you know, things just started clicking and I made a lot quicker progress than, than I had the last time I tried it. And that, just having that physical activity, like something outside of work, um, just gave me motivation to kind of look at other things. And and I kept going to silks and I, you know, I started doing yoga in the morning and I just naturally kind of felt like eating better and doing more exercise. Like I was picking up my kettlebell that, that had massive dust on it in the corner. Um, and, you know, I, I did one move, I think a couple weeks into it that, that I hadn't been able to do before. And I literally like started crying my eyes out. <laughs> it's like, oh, my poor teacher. Yeah. But how yeah. beautiful to be at that point where you get, you put it, you put the effort. That's the thing. You put the yeah. effort in, you get, you reap the reward. And that, yeah. yes, you should cry and be like, I just did that. I did it. Oh my God. You know, and it it was like in that moment, I was like, oh my God, like my body can do this. You know, I can do this. And I got to, I want to say like 90 days and I was like, okay, this, this just isn't enough time. Like I haven't, you know, I'm just getting started. And I knew there was a lot of things in my life that I was kind of like putting to one side and not dealing with. One was my my current living and working situation. It was causing me a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. And I started to think about making the decision about, you know, removing myself from those situations that were causing me a lot of struggle. And, you know, we had a, a really high growth startup that was doing amazing things, but it was, it, you know, the lifestyle and, and, and that working crazy to kind of build this humongous thing was just, it was really taking away from me. So six months into my challenge, I I let my business partner know that I was, I was going to leave and I wanted to travel the world. 
And, you know, part of me was like, am I running away from something or am I running towards something? But I'm, I'm just going to go with it. So this was about June time. And then, you know, I was still keeping up the silks. I was doing more of the silks and I ended up finding this circus collective that does this, this residency thing in different places all over the world. So you go and live with all these circus performers and you train with them and you eat with them. And, and they had all this other stuff too, like meditation and community circles. And it was like, you know, stuff that I was like, oh, is it going to be like really spiritual and weird? Is it going to be like me? Like I'm very rock and roll and kind of like think with my head. So, um, but you know, I was like this, this sounds like it. It's in, it's in Indonesia. I wanted to go to Indonesia at that time. It's kicking off in September. So I applied to go to this residency and I got accepted. So wow. I could actually say like, I'm running away to join the circus. Yeah, the circus. <laughs> I love that. I mean, it's huh? how beautiful to just, you, you went with your gut, not with your, with your thinking head. You went, you went, this feels right. I am doing this. And, and yeah. 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 Beautiful. And it, it, you know, it was, it was a couple months of like putting preparations in place. You know, I, I had amassed 10 years of my life in, in London. I had all this stuff. I had a two bedroom flat. You know, I, I had all these undone things. Like I hadn't sorted out my citizenship. I'd never gotten my driving license in the UK. So it was like, I now had this motivation to start completing all these things that I didn't realize were like causing me anxiety from not, not having done it. And it's really surreal to have like 30 different people come into your flat and rummage through your stuff, you know, and like, I need to get rid of literally every single thing in this place, apart from two suitcases. And the things that you, you think you need to hang on to um, is so interesting. Like I had this amazing Tempur-Pedic mattress, like Euro king size four poster bed. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I can part with this. Maybe I need to put it in a storage unit. Like I, I actually grappled with this decision for months, you know, about whether I kept this bed. And I finally decided to sell it. And I, I think it's somewhere in like Eastern Europe now. <laughs> Got bought on eBay and like picked up by people and literally like taken to another country. Um, but it was so freeing that last night I was there and I'm sitting in this empty flat with nothing but two suitcases and just made the decision like, do you know what? I'm just going to let the universe show me the way I bought tickets to Malaysia first. And then I went to the circus collective in Indonesia. I went to Australia after that. Um, I went to LA, I went to Peru with my mom and we climbed Machu Picchu. But that first month at the circus collective was one of the most transformative things I've ever done in my life, because normally I would be very scared to to put myself in a situation like that where I'd be out of my comfort zone and doing all these things. It's like full moon ceremonies and women's circles and, and meditation and eye gazing, like who knew, you know, <laughs> and I cried more in that month than I ever have before. I discovered how to use my body again for just like free form movement and just dancing and like even dancing, like made me break down and cry. I realized like I was hanging on to so much stuff and, and being put in that container with these people that were like, it was this really loving place, you know, and, and even realizing like I had a major hang up around physical non-sexual touch, you know, like having hugs with people and, and it was, it was crazy. So they had these performances that you could take part in as part of this residency. And um, 
And they were like, you should do it. You should do it. And I was terrified, you know, like I'd only started silks in February. It was, it was September. And, you know, there was going to be, there was three Cirque du Soleil performers that were at this residency that were also going to be performing. So it's like, how am I going to, like, I, I'm not Cirque du Soleil. Like I'm 35 years old and just started exercising consistently seven months ago. Um, but, you know, they pushed me and I pushed myself and it was, it was crazy like going through that process of like learning a routine and training and I I got a really bad injury like two weeks in and started like really realizing like I'm older and my body doesn't doesn't cooperate the the way it used to and I ended up getting to that performance and it was almost the last night I was in residency and man it was one of the most incredible experiences I've ever had like pushing myself Um, to that point Um, and it was magical. And then, you know, I ended up joining these guys up again in Guatemala and ended up performing on main stage at this huge New Year's Eve festival in the middle of the Guatemalan desert, you know, (laughs) like, all I wanted to do was just stop drinking and feeling incredible. No idea. You're a superhuman. I mean, it's it's amazing. Like you're you're standing there going, oh, I'm old. My body's not the same. Does it matter? Look what you did. Like, that's the thing, because you set your mind to it. You can do anything. We are all capable of incredible things. And you literally just went, no, I'm doing this. And had... I think I think you hit the nail on the head, you know, because I when I first joined One Year No Beer and I saw I saw people like you and I was like, oh, my God, she's perfect. And she exercises all the time. And like, that's not me. And, and I think we can get hung up on that, right? Because of course, that's not me. You're not me. Like you have a completely different life and experience and things that drive you. So the mindset of like, I need to find who I am. I need to, you know, really like dig deep and like what inspires me, what motivates me, what makes me feel good. And like, really being comfortable, being uncomfortable and knowing like this life that I once had that wasn't serving me any real purpose, it might look completely different when I go through this process. And it it was terrifying. And there was a lot of grieving, you know, like the things that I used to do, the people I used to hang out with, the things that were important to me were no longer, they didn't hold the same, you know, value to me. And, And that can be really hard, but I feel you know, more confident. I I've absolutely fallen in love with my body and its capability and, and its strength, you know? So these mm. things, like I want my body to look differently. Well, I, I look now how I feel on the inside, mm. you know, I don't, I don't watch my diet. I don't exercise to look differently. I, I take care of myself because I, I want to perform at silks and I want to feel good. And, mm. and, you know, my physical appearance, I guess, has rewarded me for that. But that, you know, having that as a focal point, I think can can really be a downfall with your mindset when you go into something like this. Absolutely. And I think what you said hit the nail on the head that you 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 look on the outside the way you feel inside. And often that is the case. You know, if, if we feel like, oh, I, I'm, I'm overweight or, you know, I'm not happy about X, Y, Z. It's, it's not about, it all comes from internally. And yeah. if, if you make a decision to make yourself happy, it's not going to happen like this. It's going to take a lot of work, a lot of tears, dedication, but you can make that work and it will start showing. And, you know, and, and that's the important thing because we look because the way we feel inside. And that's why it's so important to start 
taking apart those small pieces. What is it that makes me tick? And as much as you say, you know, you, you know, I do Spartan, so I know you, that's probably what you saw. You're like, that looks scary, whatever. But, but I mean, I work my butt off to go oh, yeah. because, because I, and it started with my mental health and quitting drinking and, and, you know, starting dealing with my, my mental health. And that became my rescue. I'm like, oh, I found something that really is helping me, you know, take me away from that. So that was my path. But you just saw that and went like, no, no, that's not, not my path. What am, What is mine? And that's a recommendation for anyone listening. You go, I mean, I always say this to people. If you have something, if you see someone do something, you're like, oh, I wish I could do that. And if you start beating yourself up because you can't do something that someone potentially has been working on doing for years, don't beat yourself up about that. If you want to do what they're doing, go at it. Practice and put the work down. But don't just assume and feel bad that you can't do it. Why would we do that to ourselves? But that's what we do, isn't it? You know, we we have this this idea of perfection that that someone else has created for us right like society creates this idea of what perfection is for us and we start feeling anxious if we're not achieving that and what i've been talking about a lot is is this this idea of perfection this idea of success really needs to change and we need to redefine it for ourselves and i had a moment like that you know like i i was in guatemala and there was two we we were doing a performance for the for the full moon <laughs> It sounds so hippie now. I love it. Um, <laughs> I love and, it. <laughs> and there was two other women that were unbelievable on silks. Like one had been doing it for 12 years. The other had been doing it for seven. And then there's me, you know, getting up there. And for a minute, I was like really doubting myself. And I was like, people are going to look at me compared to these women and be like, what is she doing here? And then I was like, nope, like reframe that, Right. I am here. I am, I am in a situation where I'm, I'm able to perform with women like this. Like what a gift that is like, and watching them and how beautiful they were and, and how easy it looked. It was like, you know, that's, that's where I can be if I keep at this and, and how lucky for me to, to be able to experience this and be able to be at the point that I can even like get up there because, yeah. you know, in February, I couldn't even climb. I could not climb, you know, and now I'm climbing up enough and able to stay on the things for five minutes and perform in front of humans. Like, you know, so if, if you're not where someone else is like reframing that and rather than beating yourself up, it's like, how awesome that I get the opportunity to soak up what they have and learn from that and congratulate myself that I am even here. Right. Lift each other up, lift yourself up, lift each other up. Don't look in at in envy at, at other people, what they their achievement. Look at go, wow, admire and, and learn, get inspired. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. That's how you should see it. Not go, oh well, they're better, so they're you know don't like them. <laughs> you know, which is unfortunate. A lot of that jealousy that is met because of that pressure, like you say, there's this, this pressure in society to be certain things, and this is where you should be. If you are you happy, take this test. It's like. Who are you to tell someone? <laughs> Why is a test in a magazine able to tell you if you're happy or not? How about you sit down, close your eyes, take a deep breath and go, am I happy? <laughs> you know, what, yeah. what makes me happy, you know, like, and, and that's going to be a different answer for everybody. Like, what are the things that, that nourish me? And I think it's really important. You know, you talked about mental health and, and, you know, part of my story was like, I was severely depressed. I, 
I was drinking enough during the weeks that I gave myself permission to lay in bed all weekend, feeling sorry for myself, watching Netflix and ordering takeaway that I ate in bed. I didn't even have the energy to like get up and go and sit at a table. My neighbors upstairs were really worried about me. And every Saturday they're like, come walk, come upstairs, watch dancing with the stars. And I was like, no, I haven't showered in like days. And they're like, we don't care. Come upstairs, you know? So I, I think back to that and, and that lack of motivation and that depression. And I, I did start seeing a therapist, which, which really helped, you know? And I think if people are struggling, like you don't have to do this on your own. You're not an island. The community at One Year No Beer is so helpful because it's just like massive support. And then I had that other element of like having someone personalized to me that was coaching me through that. And one of the things she asked me early on was, how do you nourish yourself? I was like, what do you mean? She's like, how do you, how do you do things that are nice for yourself? How do you nourish yourself? And I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't do that, you know? And, and it was so crazy. And she, she, she had me, you know, make a list of all the things that, that I felt were nourishing that served no other purpose than to make me feel good. And some of them are really simple things. Like I like having a coffee in the morning, just sitting there and and hanging out with my coffee or having a bubble bath or getting my hair done or getting a massage. You know, some of these things we can't do now, but reading a book for pleasure, not for business, not for any other purpose and to just enjoy it. And, and the challenge to me was, was, okay, do, do one thing a week if you can. And that was really a struggle for me because I think when we're feeling really bad about ourselves, we don't feel like we deserve nice things mm-hmm. and we'll never love ourselves if we can't show ourselves love. So really like figuring out what, it, what brings me pleasure, even in the smallest ways and start showing yourself that you love yourself and nourish yourself. And that was a fundamental game changer for me when I started doing that. And now my whole day is filled with nourishment. And, and it took me a long time to get to that point to feel like I even deserved to treat myself well. Yeah. I'm nail on the head again there. It's when you don't feel very good, you don't feel like you deserve good things, but you don't feel good about yourself. It's crazy. That's why we get stuck in that, in that pattern. And and that's what we find with a lot of members who, who are in the similar situation who were like, well, they were like in the dark hole and just like not feeling good, beating themselves up and stuff. And, and the, the way of them nourishing themselves would be alcohol. So that, that would be their only treat. And that would come back and bite you the day after. And then, you know, it would just go on and on. And so that, that lifted that clarity much like, you know, much like you did, you just went out and just set the world on fire, uh, you know, living your best life, literally, (laughs) but um, all from just giving yourself that break and finding out, you know, what you wanted and what yeah. makes you happy and following your gut. You know, it, it's a process too. Like I'm, I'm 500 days into this. So, you know, we, we tend to forget what it's like at the beginning. And, you know, like I said, that, that first 30 days, I, I just slept. I didn't do anything else. I, you know, wasn't exercising and it was, it was slowly like getting into like, okay, I'm, I'm going to have a coffee in the morning without turning my phone on first. And you know, maybe I'll try a little yoga here and there, or maybe I'll walk to the bus or walk to the train instead of taking the bus. So it's like small incremental things. And I heard a quote recently, and I'm probably going to get it wrong, but it really resonated because what, what I, you know, talk about in the group and what I talk about to other people is, is your mindset and the things, the thoughts that you have, the things that you tell yourself 
the quote goes something like, be careful of your thoughts. Um, they become your words. Be careful of your words. They become your actions. Be careful of your actions. They become your reality. It's something like that. Um, but it's so completely true because when we're sitting there in our head, beating ourselves up and telling ourselves that we're worthless or we can't do something or, you know, we're, we're not capable of, of valuing ourselves, of making that decision. First of all, no one is going to do that for you. And second of all, that's just going to keep you in, in that cycle. So one of the things that I did early on was change in my thoughts. When I, when I heard myself say to myself, I need to do something, I replaced it with the word want. And then I'd have to reflect, like, do I actually want to do this? Or am I telling myself I need to do this because of what somebody else said or some unrealistic expectation I'm putting on myself. So reframing your thoughts can have a really impactful, you know, it, it can have an impact on, on, on the things that you say and, and then the actions that you do, because often what you're thinking you end up saying. Um, so, you know, just changing the word need for want and, and then really thinking about like, is this something I want? And then also stopping yourself before it becomes words. So you might have those thoughts, but, you know, on, on what would have been my seven year anniversary with, with my partner who I'd left the year before, you know, there was, there was pictures of him with a new woman and, and I just remember like losing it in the group and I was like, Oh my God, you know, and, um, what I normally would have done would be like messaging all my girlfriends and being like, Oh my God, can you believe this? And, and just create this drama storm. And I decided not to do that. I like vented to the group. And, and then I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to keep myself busy this weekend. I'm not going to like ignite all the girlfriends. And then, and then we have this like massive negativity fest about it. Like I chose to leave that relationship, you know, and, and that was the right decision for me. And good for him for moving on in his life and finding someone he could love. So that had such an impact, like realizing how I felt at the end of that by not going into that normal process of, you know, my thoughts becoming my words and then getting other people involved in it. So, yeah, you know, I think it's, it's a process. And mm. when, when you stop drinking, what you don't realize is, you know, for me, at least I, I was numbing all the emotions. Like I was, I was drinking to keep the emotions down. So I didn't have to deal with any of the, the emotions or the thoughts. So when I removed the drinking, the emotions came thick and fast and I had to learn how to deal with it. <laughs> <Whoa. know? laughs> I, I even got a book like six months in about anger management because I was so angry at everything, you know, and I was taking it out on everyone. And, and I was like, I'm not drinking. So why am I doing this? But it was like, I finally taken that stopper off the emotions and they were coming out. It was just like layers of this stuff, just coming out and learning how to deal with it. And I seriously thought I had like a massive anger management problem, but just as time went on, I like stopped being angry, but I realized I needed to get that out. <laughs> well, actually, and that's worth for our members, for listeners to also to take it into, because a lot of people go through these emotions like, oh, I don't know what I'm, I, I, I thought I should be feeling so happy right now. And, and most days they do, but then they'll come through this path and then they're like, oh my God, I have all this emotion. And maybe that's what you just said just there is because you have all these 
un, un, how do you call it? unnumbed, unleashed um, emotions coming out that's been yeah. in for so long and you don't know how to process it that quickly that, you know, so, so that, that's actually a good point. I never really thought about it that way, actually. Um, yeah, years of, of stopping your, your natural processing ability, right? Because it's like, oh, I've had a bad day at work or had I seen that picture before, I would have just, you know, lost myself in two bottles of wine. So I didn't have to deal with it. I didn't want to deal with it. So, you know, booze was a great way to make me feel better in the moment. And then I was so focused on how bad I felt afterwards. Like I wasn't actually processing what was going on. And it's, it's been waves, you know, like I'm not going to lie and and say like, I haven't been depressed. I've gone through waves of depression, like, you know, over the last 500 days as well. But what I've learned is, you know, the, I've created a toolkit that I can use to, to mitigate that and to, to feel it, to process it and be like, okay, what do I need to do to make myself feel better? I need to do nourishment or I need to hang out with friends or, you know, so you end up learning how to deal with it in a more productive way. And one of my friends recently said to me, you know, you've learned how to replace all the toxic habits and thought patterns with, with positive ones. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just that, like when you, when you see something that you're doing and you're like, okay, this doesn't feel right, or this isn't working for me, like, what can I do instead that won't be to my detriment? Um, and it's, it's a big learning process, you know, mm-hmm. I over, over, let's see, six months ago, I, I was in Guatemala and, and something happened to a friend of mine, um, in a romantic relationship. And it, it, so just for, for context, we were at this lake and there's, there's this volcano there. And people always said, when you go to this lake, it's kind of magical, like stuff will come out. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Whatever. And this thing happened to her and like all of these emotions around, men around seeking external validation around, you know, seeking love outside of myself just like came out of me. And it was so intense. And I don't think, you know, I would have been ready for anything like that before. So it's interesting, like how you go through this process and then, and then you learn things about yourself and then it's like, okay, now we're ready to like take this on. So I was so besotted with this whole thing. I ended up writing again and I ended up like digging into the vaults of, of every man who's ever hurt me and like writing about it you know and reopening these wounds and just like what is this and and I saw this pattern in myself that I'd never really like picked up on before and it, it's it's just so interesting to go through these processes and, and learn these things about yourself and then not only learn, but be like, okay, what can I do about this? So, you know, I decided like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to take a year off men and like really learn to love myself. And I'm six months into it, not thinking I could have, you know, done, done that at all. And it's, it's amazing. Like, I'm so happy. And I'm like, I'm kind of questioning, like, what utility did they serve before? Cause I have (laughs) amazing girlfriends, you know, and I get so much out of my girlfriends and, you know, so it's, 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 it's a journey. It's a process and it's going to keep going. And I'm sure there's going to be lots of other stuff that comes out as sure. I keep going. We're always learning. That's the thing. And never, so even people like, well, I got sorted all my stuff, but there's still more to sort. Even when you, you know, doing podcasts with some of the, the top, you know, you know, entrepreneurs and, and health and whatever, well being, they look like they've got all sorted out, but they're still also learning. 
every day, you know, never stop. Always be curious, I say. Always be curious. If you think you're feeling good, like how could you feel better, you know? Um, I want to touch on something you said there. Uh, you said, you, you know, you had something going on and you vented into the group. Um, you were, I mean, during your, your whole journey, you've been very inspirational to other members uh, in, in the OMB group. And, and that is part of the beautiful, beautiful uh, setup of, of our challengers group and that people get to see, you know, people who are a bit further away, further ahead on, on their journey. Because when you're right in the beginning, you said, you you know, you said you slept for the first 30 days and a lot of people struggle, let's say the first yeah. month, you know, they're like, oh, it seems so unobtainable. So yeah. just I, you said it so well. You're like, I'm not going to focus on running or quitting sugar or eating healthy. I'm just going to focus um, that's my only goal this month, not drinking, get through that and then, you know, do whatever. And that's the thing, yeah. don't do too many things in one go, right? So, so that is a top tip. And, um, and so, and then you posted and you inspired so many and you, you found that you got as much out of it as well. You know, it was a go, good go-to tool when, when necessary. You know, you, I think you guys had this stat that something like 86% of the American population drink. So when you make a decision like this, it goes against like 86% of the population. It can feel really isolating and, and lonely. And, you know, by making that decision, you're holding up a mirror to other people and people don't like looking in that mirror. So I, I think what a lot of people don't realize is like people's negative reactions to you when you stop drinking isn't about you. It's about them. And you need to find other people that are going through what you're going through and lean on them and, and take inspiration from that and know that you are not alone. So that's, you know, the most beautiful thing I think about when you're no beer is that it's a community of people from all walks of life, from all over the world. And we all have this shared experience of deciding that we believe we can have a better life for ourselves. And we know it's going to be difficult and every time you go in there and, and, and I just love that you can just be completely unfiltered and say whatever it is and you get no judgment, you get love, you get advice, you get support. I've made friends that are like really close friends of mine. You know, I ended up going and seeing Drew in Australia, like the, the rock and roll kids were like, yes. And we're kind of on the same part in our journey and like really leaning on each other. And they still talk all the time to this day. So you're not going to get along with everybody necessarily, but there's going to be people in there that, that, you know, it's, it's your tiny tribe along with like this whole group and the support is immense. And what it also did for me, you know, cause I've, I've been through not drinking before. So I kind of knew what to expect, but I didn't expect um, to feel the accountability that I did with it. You know? So when you start posting, it's like people start getting to know you and, and, and then when you start questioning, like, oh, should I drink or is this right? You remember, like, there's this community of people that are supporting me, that believe in me, and people that are further along that I want to inspire and I want to tell them that they can. So it really, like, changes your mindset about when you're not alone, when you have other people that are going through this with you, it makes it a lot easier to, to carry on in that journey. And, you know, some of the support and, and inspiration I got early on you know, still resonates to this day. I, I wish I could remember who it was that posted it. But this one phrase that they said was, you can have your best life or you can have alcohol. And, oh, yeah. you know, that was the one for me. And 
And I still, to this day, it's, it's completely true. You know, I can go back to drinking and, and go back to this life where I was laying in bed and feeling sorry for myself, or I can carry on with this incredible journey, traveling the world and trying to be a circus performer at the age of 36 and starting a new business, you know, and reinventing my life. Like I'm getting way more fun and joy out of that. So, you know, not all of the messages will resonate, but there will always be one or two nuggets in there that you're just like, wow, like that's, that's that's what I needed. Awesome. That's what it is. Just go in and take what you need. It's there for everyone. It's there to be shared. Um, And it's amazing. That's what I just, I love, I love sitting there. I mean, whenever I do have a bit of time left over, I just sit in and scroll and comment and have a look at what people do and and the outpour of support from everyone. It's just beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Um, What's next for you? And and, I mean, once they let you out of Panama, you know, you have a pretty strict lockdown down there. So (laughs) I'm just like, all my friends are like posting pictures of them at parks or going to the beach. I'm like, stop it. Uh, (laughs) Panama, Panama uncharacteristically took a very strict stance on lockdown. So, um, you know, I, it, it, the weather is beautiful and I'm so thankful for that, but I've, I've left the apartment once in the last 60 days. Um, and I haven't been able to train on silks and I haven't been able to go in the sun. So I, you know, I'm definitely feeling that. Um, but you know, the, the gift that it did give me, uh, was, reconnecting with my family. I haven't, you know, I've lived in a different state or a different country from my parents since I was 17 years old and maybe spent a week or two with them like here and there. Um, so one of the, yeah, it's, it's totally a gift. And one of the intentions that I had, one of the reasons, my reasons why with doing one year, no bureau is I wanted to strengthen my relationship with my mom. And I didn't know how, but I was just like, that's my intention. And Oh my God, like, you know, how incredible this experience has been and and being able to spend time with them and, and just refresh this relationship, you know, because I think when you leave the house at such a young age and you only spend little bits of time here and there, you always revert back to the age you were when you left. So I couldn't figure out like, why is it every time I hang out with my mom, I I turn into this 17 year old that has tantrums, you know, (laughs) like I don't, I don't have tantrums with anyone else. Why do I do this? It was like this thing that was bugging me. And, um, you know, like we, we have such a beautiful relationship now and, and I feel so close to her and I have so much understanding with her and being able to spend time with my dad. So, you know, there's a gift in this, in this lockdown, but what's next for me. So, um, I mentioned, I started writing again in Guatemala and initially it started as this kind of like memoir, um, you know, of 20 years of, you know, I, I don't know if I mentioned, but I was a former roadie, you know, I used to tour with rock bands and had all the adventures that go along with that. And, you know, had lots of crazy times all over the world, but also with my career, like really just going after some crazy things and, and setting up businesses and going after, you know, amazing brands to work with. Um, so this, this idea of, you know, the, the drinking, the men, the, the, the business. So I started writing that and I came here with the intention that I was going to write this book and kind of a couple of weeks into it, I got some advice from a mentor of mine. He's like, that's great. But you know, memoirs are cathartic, but you know, they don't necessarily help people. And I was like, wow, okay, you're right. Like I've gone through this experience. Now I have amassed all of this, this knowledge And I want to share that with people. I want to help other people. 
And uncharacteristically, the thing that I know makes the biggest difference with people's anxiety with the success in their business, you know, with feeling like they can live unrestricted and live this amazing life is applying productivity skills to yourself and your business, right? So, and all of the productivity advice that I've seen out there, like it just never resonated with it, but I was always really like obsessed with how do I optimize myself? How do I work better in less time? And I realized I could apply that to my personal life as well. So if I apply that same discipline to making sure that I'm taking care of myself, actually, I feel so much more free. So it's things like, you know, time management, organization and structure, how to communicate with people so you get what you want, but also taking care of yourself because as an entrepreneur and you know, like it is so hard and so taxing to run a business and you set the tone for that business and you are the motivation behind that. So if you're not taking care of yourself, then you can end up burning out or getting overwhelmed or just losing your motivation or stagnating. So I wrote a book around these concepts and then realized like I can do more with this and I want to help people. So I'm actually developing a coaching program um, that will take people through these frameworks. And I'm super excited about it because I just want people to know like you can live an unrestricted life. You can work better in less time, have a successful business, but rewrite success, right? Like you don't need to chase the million pound businesses or whatever. Like we can have a life that we're really happy with and feel like we're thriving, but it, it takes a bit of discipline and it takes a bit of organization. And when you do that, oh my God, you know, and, and I'm a kind of testament to that now. And I want to help other people do that. So that's going to be launching in, in a month. And then whenever I can leave Panama, I'm planning on moving to Mexico with some of my circus buddies and we're going to live in Tulum and, and, you know, just vibe off each other, like these incredible women with their incredible practices of dance or fire spinning or mask making or whatever. And it's, it's, it's kind of incredible to be in a position to now design my life and, and choose the people that I want to spend my time with and where I get my, you know, inspiration from and, and where I actually live. So yeah, and then the book hopefully will come out in in the fall. <laughs> so exciting! I mean, that you you've literally just gone through this journey and just found out what you love, what makes you tick, what work you want to do. You know, just helping other people improve, and that is a beautiful. We see that with um, people that come through what we've done, and they come to a point where you are, where you kind of like just smashed your your challenge, and what they want to do is just help other people. They realize. That is what they want to help other people improve their lives in one aspect or another, which is so beautiful because before they're like, I had no idea. I didn't, I didn't even think I liked people, you know, because they were just so in this grotto of, of the, their own, you know, hamster wheel. And so they come out and they just want to help and improve. And then you have hit the nail on the head there as well. You're like, I'm also going to live with my circus friends. I'm, you're going to be able to do silks and do all this amazing thing at the same time living the perfect life that you want to do it on your conditions. It's beautiful. Congratulations. Thank you. You know, I think I, I wish I would have realized this sooner because I was so good at the work stuff, you know, and, and I was so bad at the me stuff and Mm -hmm. there's, there's a link between the two. And I think a lot of people, a lot of high performers, a lot of high achievers 
are, are in the group as well. You know, like it's super stressful running a business. It's super stressful, like advancing in your career. Some people aren't, and that's cool. But you know, the, the escape from like what's going on in your head and all this stuff you need to do can be so easy to, to go to booze for that escape. And when you remove the booze, it's like, what do I do when I'm not working? Like I, I actually, I don't know what I enjoy doing. And I, I cut out all my social relationships because I was always too busy to like go to dinners. And I, I stopped going to the yoga classes and the dance classes. And it was just like, so I sat there with like, what do I do now if I'm not drinking, you know, like that, that took up my time in the evening, but then it also killed a day or two with the hangover. Um, so, you know, the, the things that I, cause I, I've coached, you know, uh, tons of entrepreneurs and I've worked with lots of businesses one-on-one and, you know, you can look at the business stuff and you can look at optimizing that. But often what I find is like, there's a lot of me stuff that, that could be worked on as well. So like just simply, having better time management means you're not like freaking out and and trying to run all over the place all the time. And there's an interesting study that shows that people that are constantly late are actually trying to defeat themselves, you know? So it's simple things like that, that you don't realize have such an impact on your mindset. So it's like when you're constantly turning up late, you're showing people that you're unreliable, that you're selfish, and there's some belief in you that's making you do that. So you know, it's, it's, it's so interesting. And I have so much to say about productivity, which is crazy coming from like a rocker circus girl, but I just, I love it. And I love the framework that it gives you. And, you know, I think one year, no beer is, is a great framework because it's discipline. It's doing something simple every day. And you guys like coach people through like, okay, now start thinking about exercise and start thinking about this. And it's, you know, when you do small things consistently, that's when your life really changes. Uh, that's so true. Doesn't have, we? Do, we always tend to think the big picture. We make it too difficult to even attempt at certain instances because we make it that we we create that. You know, the thought, action, reality. You know, that's what we do. Oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. Yeah. Says you. Have you take on too much? You know, like I I had a little reminder pop up on my phone the other day from a couple years ago with my New Year's resolutions, and one of them was like, I I want to start a morning routine. <laughs> And it made me laugh because my morning routine takes like literally two hours now. (laughs) Like I love my morning routine. And there's a joke amongst my friends, like our morning routines have just taken over a day, but you read all these things of like successful people and their morning routines. And it's like two hours long and they do all this crazy stuff. And you're like, Oh my God, that's way too much. But actually the way I got started was I just started drinking a glass of water every day. And I drank a glass of water every day until I just did it without thinking about it. And then I added something else in, you know, and and then it was like, okay, I'm going to make my bed and drink a glass of water. And then I'm going to do this. And then I'm, you know, so it's like these, these habits that we form over time. And that was three years ago. And now, now I end up having a two hour morning routine that if I don't do like my whole day is just messed up. So, you know, it's, it's all about starting small. And if I would have tried to do a two hour morning routine every day, like that would have never happened. Never, you know? Um, So yeah, just really like focusing on one thing that you can be doing and, and do that. And you're going to feel so good when you give yourself that gift of not putting pressure on yourself, like just do this one thing. And then you start feeling good about that. And it gives you the motivation to, to attack more things. 
That is amazing advice from Athena. And Athena has a book coming out. So you guys better watch out. She's got her website, which is Athena, as it sounds, A-T-H-E-N-A, Simpson.com. You can find her on uh, Instagram at Athena.Simpson or at un.restricted. This is very exciting. You better keep us posted with that book because I think I'd love to revisit, do like a redo with a podcast, you know, when, when all this and, you know. Oh, yeah, I love so, that. Where, where you, I just want to talk to you because you're, you're just going to be in cool places all the time. <laughs> or hopefully, I love Mexico. I might just come and see you. Come to Tulum. You yeah. can like have fun with the circus girls. Oh, we'll the get There's one place I've, I, I love Mexico, but we've just always been like on the, on the, on the South coast there on the Cozumel side. So I've always wanted to go to Tulum. So that sounds like. Yeah, man. I, I'm so excited. It's so interesting. Like people are feeling called there and I just feel like a lot of people are going to end up coming and one of the things that's percolating in my head is like oh we could have a little retreat here and give people yes you know <laughs> this. i'm your first client i'll i'll just give you a paper i'll send it right now <laughs> all right i'm gonna get started on that uh, strategy there <laughs> awesome thank you so much for taking your time um thank to you talk for having me i'm um, um, yeah, being such an amazing member of and inspiring and to all you newbies out there listening to this podcast, um, you know, I hope you get inspired by Athena. Um, you know, she's worked very hard and you can get to your yes, happy favorite you place it. too. Whatever it. it is. Not again, like what Athena highlighted is you don't have to become a circus performer. That you know, that's an awesome thing to do. But what makes you tick? That that's what you should take away from this, I think. And thank you so much for being such a good sport with this um with this podcast. You're awesome for sharing everything. Being so uh, thank you for having me. I'm I'm really uh humbled that you wanted to have me on. So thank you. That's so awesome. Much. To all your listeners, thanks for tuning in and we will see you back at the next episode. Bye from me. for listening to the one year no beer podcast for a full list of episodes and to join in the challenge yourself head on over to oneyearnobeer.com one